Bobby, it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, which we all know what that means in the real world. Nobody's doing any work. Everyone's just mailing it this week. But not in this office, baby. Not in the Chatter Up podcast headquarters. We are going at it as hard as we had, as hard as we did in episode one. We're bringing episode 85 to you because there's no days off here except for the days that we get off. We will talk to you (laughs) about... The biggest, of course, the biggest stories in the NFL this week, Joe Judge and Daniel Jones coming back to New York, seemingly. The biggest upsets of the year, the rise of the Cowboys, the fall of the Cardinals, the experiment that has been Russell Westbrook to L.A., <laughs> pictures of Mike Trout, you'll know what that means when you listen to the episode, and we play QB matchmaker. We make beautiful, wholesome marriages between three QBs looking for new homes next year and three teams in need of a quarterback. And what better marriage is there, Jared, than chatter up in our listeners' ears? And if you want to continue that marriage and really work on it, it's all about communication. And the way to communicate with us is on Instagram, on Twitter, at the chatter underscore up. And also hit us up with an email at chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. It's a beautiful marriage, and we want to keep it going. Listen to us. Follow us. Give us your hand in marriage. Give us the ring. No, we'll give you the ring. I mean, we'll we'll do all the work here. We'll lay out the money. We just want you to listen to the episodes and follow us. I think it's time to prove to the listeners why we're a perfect fit for them. Are you ready to do that, Jared? I'm ready to get down on my knee and propose to these listeners. This feels like The Bachelor. This is great. Jared, then (laughs) let's do this and let's chatter up. Jared, there's a phrase that goes, all good things must come to an end. You heard this one? Uh, where, do you, where are you going with this? All good things must come to an end, Jared. If your good thing sucks. <laughs> Luckily for us, this podcast continues just like the NFL. So the NFL doesn't ever end, even though we're coming to the end of the regular season, quote unquote. And we start to you know look at playoff pictures. So there's a lot going on. There's already some decisions that have been made heading into next year. We've got, we've got some some NBA that is like a quarter of the way through the season. we got a lot to cover, man. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Bobby, let's start. Let's pick up right where you left off right there. Big decisions being made. We found that on Sunday, Adam Schefter reporting, although I'm not sure this is really news, but I guess it's, you know, official now that John Mara, owner of the New York Giants, has decided to bring back coach Joe Judge for a third year and quarterback Daniel Jones for a fourth year, even in light of the disaster that has been the New York Giants this year, last year, basically the last decade. Bobby, is this the right call? No, not at all. This is terrible. <laughs> any, any doubt at all? Any, any little smidge of doubt? I guess, I guess that there's an argument to be made, maybe, for Joe Judge. I told you at the beginning, or let's say the end of last year, I said, if you watch Daniel Jones... The throws that he's making are bad. He's making bad decisions. And it's not like, yes, his offensive line is is not good. But even when he has time, he's making choices that are just not NFL starter material. The dude will have a job. He'll get a backup job and he'll play more snaps in the NFL. But to say that he's coming back with his coach after this season, this was bad. Yes, Barkley was hurt. Shepard was hurt. Galladay was hurt. Barkley stinks. That's a little far. Uh, I'm not ready to go there yet. But like to bring back Daniel Jones, 
it's been what this is this is year three right this is yeah year three what have you seen that makes you think this guy's the franchise quarterback after three years you should have a pretty damn good idea and i think we all do that he's not the guy right I agree with you, but the truth is I'm, I'm almost more bothered by the Joe Judge thing. Joe Judge, it's starting to, sh- to wear off now, but I really feel like Joe Judge has this con going across, like last year for sure, like most of the national media are like actually thought this guy was a good coach because the Giants almost won the division. Let me remind you. With six they wins. Almost won the division. Exactly, with six wins. If they were in any other division, and half their wins were probably against those same crappy division teams. Like yeah. if they were in any other division, they probably would have won four games last year. This year, they're 4-11. and 11. It's an absolute turn. I get it. They had all those injuries. But at the same time, they lost so many games that they should have won. And now, they're not even competitive, right? Like, it'd be one thing if they're losing these games, but they're at least in them. They're somewhat competitive. I mean, we see other teams play with their backup quarterbacks. The Ravens with Tyler Huntley were competitive. Even yesterday with Josh Johnson. Like, it wasn't an absolute joke, even though the, the, the Bengals did end up destroying them. You saw even the Browns the other day with Nick Mullins. Like, that was a competitive game with their third-string quarterback. The Giants, they can't even put together a a competent game plan to at least allow them to stay in these games. So, Joe Judge, terrible coach last year, terrible coach this year. He came in with all this big talk of we're going to be disciplined, and yet, like, it seems like they have penalties at the worst times. We're going to play hard-nosed football. Nope, they're terrible. Like, they're they're just not in these games. So, to me – it's, it's the wrong call to bring both these guys back, but I can understand them saying, look, it's not a QB heavy draft. We're not sure we want to t- give up what it takes to get some of these veteran quarterbacks that are available. We'll bring Jones back for year four. He's under contract anyway. And then we'll just wing it from there. Like, we'll, you know, we won't pick up his fifth year option. We'll probably move on. But all in all, I don't know what the Giants see in either of these guys. Well, Jones is out for the year, but on the other side of this division, we have a quarterback that's coming back from a season-ending injury, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and they, who were in what the media labeled, I guess, was a tailspin or a downward spiral, and took a very battered, very injured, not even like a real team's worth of players, okay, Washington team. <laughs> Here are the excuses. Here we go. And wipe the floor doesn't do that game justice. No, no. The final score. It's, it's an insult to floors and wipes everywhere. The final score was 56 to 14. That sounds bad, but you can't really fathom how bad it was unless you watched. But let's give credit where credit is due. The Cowboys look really good. Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs are the first duo in NFL history on the same team to have a player with 10 sacks or more and 10 interceptions or more. Two of them seem to be competing for defensive player of the year, but that's a separate conversation. Jared, we've seen kind of a Jekyll and Hyde with Dallas. How legitimate are they? And can they really make a run at this thing? I think they can. I think they are really legit. Dak, look, he's obviously not going to be as good as he was yesterday. That was otherworldly, but we know how good this guy can be. They have so many weapons on offense. And like you talked to me, just mentioned, their defense, it's not, a, it's not a great defense, but they have a lot of playmakers really like at every level of defense between Demarcus Lawrence and, and Parsons and Leighton Vander Esch and Trayvon Diggs. They have the makings of a team that, that can make a long run, I think. But I think you honestly are more qualified to talk about it because three weeks ago, your team 
was on a four-game winning streak. They were six and six, going to play Dallas at home. And we were saying, wow, Washington actually has a chance to like, I don't know if they can win this division, but they can, if they beat the Cowboys, really like kind of take control of one of these wild card seeds. And since then they got, I mean, look, the score was closer in the game in Washington, but it was also 21 nothing to start, kind of garbage time. Dak didn't even play well in this game. And then yesterday, like you just mentioned, was the butt whooping of the century. So having watched the Cowboys up close and personal two out of the last three weeks, Bobby, where do you stand on them? I think the Cowboys are good enough to beat any team. And so if you're going to say that, then you have to say that they're contenders. But if I'm ranking the teams, not just in the NFL, let's just stick with the NFC. I don't think they're better than Green Bay. Okay. I don't I don't think they're better than Tampa Bay. I think they're probably on par with Arizona, but we'll get to them in a second. That's like in a, in a different conversation. And so I think it's there, right? I think they're like the third, let's call them the third best team in the NFC. How about the Rams? It's, it's honestly, it's a great question because the Rams were what, eight and four, right? Or maybe yeah. even seven and four. And now they're just rattling off wins. It's a really good point. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know because the Cowboys are just such a Jekyll and Hyde. Like we've seen them play and they've been bad. Like, do you remember that Denver game? They were atrocious. Yeah. But I would, I would argue that almost all of these teams have had at least a two to three game stretch where maybe they didn't look as bad, obviously as that, but where they haven't played great football, right? Like we, I mean, Tampa Bay, they, they lost to Washington and green Bay, I guess like recently they've been great, but it was, I mean, they lost the saints is, is going back a long time to week one, but still maybe they're the only one, but the Rams, you know, we, we had questions about the Rams going back a few weeks ago. So it's not like the Cowboys are the only one of these quote unquote, like contenders that have had a stretch of football where we're like, I don't know, maybe they're not actually that good. I think you're right. And I also think it's, it's, it's interesting on the defensive side of things when you have a legitimate playmaker at all depths of the field. And what I mean by that, you have Lawrence on the defensive line, you have Parsons at linebacker, although he's also kind of plays in the line. Then you got Diggs in the secondary and it's like, yeah, they're good enough to beat any team. I don't think they will. It's, it's quarterback play. It's really what it comes down to for me. He's not better than Aaron Rodgers. He's not better than Tom Brady. Is he better than Matt Stafford? Maybe. Guess is that they wind up losing in the NFC championship game and don't yet make the Super Bowl. A lot of teams, Bobby, with Super Bowl aspirations, like we just talked about, have had bad losses this season. Yesterday, the biggest upset of the day was the Chargers. Although a team probably not with realistic Super Bowl aspirations, but a team certainly in the playoff hunt on the upswing, we thought going to Houston and losing to a Texans team that had nothing to play for other than draft position and absolutely destroyed them, right? Like it was not really the score at the end was 41, 29. It really wasn't even that close. That was the biggest upset of yesterday, Bobby. We've had a bunch of them throughout the season. I'm going to list off a couple here, a few from across the year, beginning of the year, middle of the year and to where, to where we are right now. And I want you to tell me as we stand here today with all the knowledge that we now have through 16 weeks of football, which of these is the biggest upset of the season so far in your mind? We have week one, Saints 38, Packers three. Obviously, the Packers are now the best team in the NFC. The Saints kind of lost. The Jets over the Bengals in the famous Mike White game in week eight, 34 to 31. We had the Jaguars beating the Bills nine to six in week nine. I haven't seen that score in quite some time. Last week, of course, the Lions beating the Cardinals 30 to 12. And like I mentioned yesterday, the Texans beating the Chargers 41 29. Bobby, which of those, like I said, as we stand here today, which is the biggest upset of the season? 
I'm actually going to start with what the coolest upset was, which isn't the biggest, but the coolest one was Jacksonville beating Buffalo because we learned that cloning is real as Josh Allen beat Josh Allen. (laughs) That was really cool. But I think the biggest one for me, it has to be Detroit and Arizona. You're talking about an Arizona team that was number one in the NFC and had a lot of people, myself included, thinking, are they the best team in the NFL? And you had a Detroit team coming off their only win. And then they not only win the game. Here's the thing, right? The only other game on this list that was like a shellacking was the Saints and the Packers. Yeah. For some reason, the Saints just have really good quarterbacks numbers like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. It's weird. So I, I don't know what to say. Like, I guess that's the closest one. But like the Lions game was really never close. I don't get it. I don't see any playmakers. Like at least the Saints have Camara. Who's the playmaker yes. on Detroit? Is it Amon Ross St. Brown? I, Last few weeks it has been. I agree. But like it's I, it was so out of nowhere. And so like, first of all, hats off to the Texans. Really taking it to the Chargers, a good Chargers team. But it has to be the worst versus the best, right? Lions over Arizona. That has to be the number one upset. I think it's the first one you mentioned, actually. Jags over Bills, 9-6 to six in Week 9. Here's why. First of all, the Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL. I mean, they were the worst team last year. They picked number one overall. They had Trevor Lawrence. So far, like we talked about last week, the returns have not been overwhelming. And they're probably, I think right now, they are going to pick number one again. Again, it depends what happens the next two weeks, but it looks like they're going to be picking number one overall again. If not, maybe they're picking number two over three. So they absolutely stink. To add to that, that was in the midst of the Urban Meyer disaster. Like as bad as it's been for the Jaguars, like Urban Meyer was such a disaster. So it's not, they're not just like a regular two and 12 team that we've seen in the past. It's a special level of disaster because of how bad the Urban Meyer situation is. And then the other part of it is, of course, the Bills, who, yes, they had a stretch this year where they didn't look great, but they came into the year, we said they're Super Bowl contenders, legit Super Bowl contenders, maybe the best team in the AFC. And now here we are through week 16, and I think they still have that status. It really hasn't changed that much, even though their record is probably not as good as we thought it was going to be. And maybe I'm just biased, like jaded, because they're coming off of a good win in New England yesterday and, and they've taken control of the AFC East. But I think they're still legitimate Super Bowl contenders. So for them to lose the way they did too, nine to six, right? Like that is just, if it was one of these things where it's like the Jaguars just played really well and they won on a last second field goal, it was like 26 23. Like, all right, the Bills played okay. They put up 23 points for that. I get, I mean, for to score six points, not even put up a touchdown against Jacksonville. They just lost to the Jets yesterday with like half their roster on COVID. So for me, it's Jaguars nine, Bill six. So the Bills went through, you know, a tough time, but are coming out at least recently and been a lot more optimistic. I want to take a minute to talk about Arizona for a second, Jared. Arizona loses to the Lions, and we spoke about that, and I told you that was my biggest upset. And they, yeah. they're they not looking good. They lost, lost three in a row now. They lost again. Now, DeAndre Hopkins is out for this season, so that's a big piece, right, that you're missing. James Conner was out. That's yeah. another piece. Are you panicking? And, and you know, we, we do this a lot, so I'll, I'll give you a 1 to 10 on the panic meter. 10 being 
red alert, like it's a major issue. One being don't worry at all. Where's the, where, where are the Cardinals on your panic meter? I would put it right now at like a six and a half, maybe even a seven because you're right. I mean, they're missing guys, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. They lost three games in a row. They, they had the NFC. They were in the driver's seat for the first in the NFC. That has seemingly gone out the window. They lose to the Colts on Saturday. And that's not like an egregious loss. The Colts are a good team, but now they're 10 and five. They have the Cowboys next week. He could easily lose that game, go to 10 and six. Then they finish with the Seahawks. They'll probably win that game. They're going to be in the playoffs. But in terms of are they a legitimate Super Bowl contender? I really just, I don't see it. And I, I've said this to you about a lot of teams, including the Cardinals, over the course of the year. I, it's just rare for a team to skip steps. And it's, you know, it's even all the more so with the Cardinals because not the same thing, but something very similar happened last year where I think they were eight and four last year. They ended up mm-hmm. losing their last four games. They don't make the playoffs. This year they're going to make the playoffs. So that's like the first step for them, right? Like get to the playoffs, play in big games, then, you know, grow the program moving forward. I don't, th- I never thought they were going to be a Super Bowl team this year, even with how well they're playing. The last couple of weeks has only reinforced that. I think I still like Kyler Murray. I- I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to say, you know, I'm done with Kyler Murray, but certainly the last few weeks, even without DeAndre Hopkins, I, I understand that. But the great quarterbacks in this league, the best quarterbacks, make it work. It's not like they don't have any other weapons. Chase Edmonds came back this week. He's really good. Still have AJ Green, who, even though I thought he was done coming into the year, he's actually been pretty good. Christian Kirk's been good. So Zach Ertz has been a great pickup for them. So it's not like they're operating with no weapons on offense. So I, I, I'm not off the Kyler Murray bandwagon, but I think he really needs to show us something over these next two weeks and in the playoffs. Cliff Kingsbury, I'm, I'm, he certainly has not proven anything to us. I hear you, but I also think there's a little bit of recency bias that comes into this. I mean, up yep. until this past week, Buffalo was in a tailspin. And then they beat New England in New England. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, okay, this is the Buffalo team that we thought that they were. If they go and beat Dallas, which is a huge if, but yeah. if they do that, we're going to come out from that saying, oh, okay, they went through a bad stretch, just like every other team in this league. And they're just as good as we thought that they were. Yeah. Because and that on, game is in Dallas, I think. Yeah. Like on paper, the team doesn't really have a weak spot, right? Their defense is real good. Kyler's good. The running game's good. I guess it's your wide receiving core. Right? Yeah, like, they don't have like that one guy anymore. Right. And and that's important. I, I was was Hopkins ruled out for the playoffs. I thought it was just the regular no, season. Right? No, you're right. He, he, I mean, as far as we know, he might be able to come back for the for the playoffs. Although the truth is, even when he was playing this year, he would he did not look this year like the, the same guy that he's been in previous years. I agree. But if he comes back, it's at least a guy, it's another guy to cover yeah. out there who's dangerous. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm not convinced that. It's a huge time to panic for them. They're going to be in the playoffs. And once you're there, anything can happen. So I'm putting that number at like a three. Bobby, let's switch to the hardwood. The National Basketball Association had one of their marquee days of the NBA calendar on Saturday, Christmas, the what five games that they put on showcasing Mm -hmm. some of the best teams in the league, some of the best talent in the league headlined by the matchup of Lakers and Nets. The Nets, even though missing KD and obviously Kyrie Irving hasn't come back yet, the Nets win in LA. The story coming out of that game, Russell Westbrook, another bad performance shot, four of 20 from the field, missed the dunk at the end. The Lakers, Bobby, through 34 games are 16 and 18 at the start of this Russell Westbrook experiment. Are you surprised by how poorly it's gone so far? 
I can't say that I'm surprised because anybody who saw that trade go down with Washington knew that this was a possibility. I don't think anybody expected, well, that's not true. I can't, I don't think I expected it to be as bad as it's been, but also let's, let's, let's put things in perspective. We're not even halfway through still LeBron James, still Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook isn't a scrub. The, the, the issue is depth, right? The issue has always been for this team. It's been the depth and they sent a lot of it to Washington in, in hopes that Russell Westbrook was that third piece. They need to get it together and they need to get it together sooner rather than later, right? You don't want to be that nine or 10 seed and like limp into the play in games and then lose. Like that's, it's just, you don't want to be that guy. I think they'll figure it out. Let's, I mean, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, there's nothing more that I need to say. If we get to game like 60 and they're still hovering between that like eight through 10 seed, then I think it's time to ramp up the panic meter. But for now, I'm still, I still believe that LeBron is one of, if not the best player in the league right now. I still believe that Anthony Davis is there as well. Frank Vogel, maybe that's the issue. Um, But I, I'm not freaking out yet in regards to the question am i surprised a little bit but we knew this was an option so i'll say like a casual four on the surprise level i'm a little bit more surprised than you are bobby and not because i thought it was any sort of great trade or that these guys fit seamlessly together because when the trade was made we were like uh i don't know they were talking about adding buddy healed at the time and buddy healed is certainly not the doesn't have the name recognition of Russell Westbrook and it doesn't have the accomplishments and the resume of Russell Westbrook, but this team kind of needed shooting and they brought in a guy in Westbrook who for all the things that he does, shooting is very, very low down on Mm -hmm. the list. But at the same time, like when they made the trade, I thought like, okay, this is kind of like a regular season move because LeBron, you know, he's, it's not that he can't do it. It's just that, you know, I don't think he really wants to be, expending the all the energy that he needs to in the 82 game regular season anthony davis obviously is such a wild card because he gets hurt all the time i thought the move was made because it's like all right russ will be able to not necessarily carry us but play a big part in the regular season like we'll be able to win games because of russell westbrook not not just because of him because obviously still lebron and anthony davis and then when the playoff comes around, like, we'll have to figure it out. Because when you play against the best teams, I, I think there were there was always going to be issues with this, these three guys playing together on the court. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't even been that because they're, they're below 500 in the regular season now. So I, I am a little more surprised than you. I don't really know what their options are, right? Like, they're not going to – I don't really see them being able to move that Westbrook contract right now. And I guess you could say – look, we've said that before about – you know, Chris Paul's contract or even the Russell Westbrook with the wizards when they traded for him, mm-hmm. we're like, Oh wow, this mm-hmm. didn't work. I don't know if the West, the wizards are gonna be able to move him and they were able to do it. They found the Lakers. So teams will always surprise you. There's always like that one team out there that is willing to do it, but it seems like they're kind of capped out right now. And if that's the case, you really have to worry about like how good can they actually be? It's weird. And also just like on a side note, it's super weird with guys like Westbrook. And I'll also add in like Chris Paul, who are superstars who are going to go to the hall of fame, who have been moved so many times. Yeah. Like what that says about them. I think it's different for Paul than it is for Westbrook, but yeah, Yeah, I was about to say that it's, it's, it's not looking good in LA right now. Give it time. Come back to me at game 60, but I think it's okay for the moment. Finally, Jared, let's end with some good news. Jared, 
Did you know that baseball is in a lockout right now? I had heard that. Yes. So if you are like me and are looking for something to cheer you up during the lockout, if any of you go on Reddit, you should go follow the subreddit r slash baseball. It's the baseball subreddit. And in it, there is a guy who has decided that for every single day that the lockout exists, he's going to draw Mike Trout. There are some drawings of Mike Trout. They're all in pencil that are like pretty decent, but there are others that are absolutely ridiculous. One of which in particular has him dressed as E.T., one of which has him dressed <laughs> as a trout and he's fishing for other fish. It is absolutely fantastic. We'll make your day. And I highly recommend it. It's, it's good for a laugh each day. It's a, uh, it's a worthy subscribe. Do you think it'll bring us closer to ending the lockout? A hundred percent. No, this will have no effect on anything. <laughs> and after you've watched it, you'll learn that you actually miss baseball more than you thought. But for that one second where you look at it, it's worth the time. Bobby, I know that one of your favorite movies of all time is Fiddler on the Roof. And you've been begging me for weeks. How can we incorporate Fiddler on the Roof into this podcast? Well, your dreams have come true because (laughs) I have figured out a way. Because today, Bobby, we are going to play quarterback matchmaker. There are a number of quarterbacks (laughs) in the NFL who might be looking for a new mate next year. And we are going to take it upon ourselves to match those QBs, give them a suitable match, a match that will be fruitful and prosperous for them in the future. We're going to do that today, Bobby. So I am going to start with the biggest name on this list, the guy who's been talking about finding a new match for what feels like forever now, Aaron Rodgers. Now, look, maybe this doesn't happen because... Things are going well right now in Green Bay. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They could easily get to the Super Bowl, even win the Super Bowl. Aaron looks like he might win his second straight MVP, which would be crazy to win two MVPs, go to, you know, have the success that he's had in Green Bay and still move on to another team. But seems like that is at least a very realistic possibility based on everything we heard coming into the year, Bobby. So I've got Aaron Rodgers over here, Aaron. I want you to meet the perfect match meets everything that you have on your resume, you know, things that you need in a match meet the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. This is a team that a historic franchise, a team that is good seemingly every year. They've got a great coach, obviously a great organization overall. And this is, let me look at them right now. A team that has playmakers on defense with, you know, T.J. Watt, following in the footsteps of his brother, one of the best linemen in the league. The defense is good. I mean, they've still got, you know, uh, what's his name? Minka Minka Fitzpatrick is there. Joe Hayden is there. This is still a good defense, despite the atrocity that they put on the field yesterday in Kansas City. They've got receivers. Deontay Johnson, very solid receiver. Chase Claypool may be an idiot, but he's a good receiver. James Washington is there a young promising first round running back in Najee Harris, the offensive line needs some work. I'll I'll grant you that, but it's not like we haven't seen these things fixed in the past in short order. It can be done. So Bobby, what do you think of this match? Aaron Rodgers to the Pittsburgh Steelers next year. I just want to clear up quickly, just so I know in some circles, if you match somebody and it works out, there is a gift yeah. that goes along with it. So if right, this right, hypothetically right. worked out, would we get a gift from said quarterback? 
I think Super Bowl rings would be in order. I think that's only that's only appropriate. Yeah, honestly, dude, I was I was looking through the teams and I was thinking, I was like, man, Pittsburgh would be a really interesting one. I love it. I think it's an excellent match, especially like there was that little the little wink when Green Bay played Pittsburgh and you had like Aaron Rodgers look to the sideline at Mike Tomlin, he like winked at him and everybody made probably a bigger deal out of it than it should have been. But I think it's an excellent match. Now, what this doesn't do is solve Pittsburgh's problem of needing a quarterback long-term. Aaron Rodgers is going to be 39. They're just coming off of 20 some odd years with Ben. So that doesn't solve that. But outside of that, it is, it's a match made in heaven and probably puts Pittsburgh as one of the top three teams in the AFC. Cause, cause you're right. It's like, it's the offensive line. And then what, what's your problem from that point? The defense is already great. It's the only thing that's keeping them in games right now. Harris is going to get better. If Claypool can fix his head case issues and Tomlin can fix that, then you're talking about <laughs> Claypool and Johnson on the out. I mean, it's, it's really a match made in heaven. The other one I'll throw out that I think is worth thinking about is Carolina. Okay. Okay. Make the case. I think Carolina would be a really interesting fit for Aaron. I think you have a guy like DJ Moore who was already really good with Sam Darnold and throw in Aaron Rodgers there. And you got a guy who can do a lot of really good things. You also have your number two wide receiver, also known as your running back, Christian McCaffrey, who (laughs) can do things that in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers and most quarterbacks have never really had, right? Aaron Jones is probably as close as you're going to get to a Christian McCaffrey type player without being him. And Christian McCaffrey is just on a completely different level. The defense has been decent. It got wrecked by Tampa Bay. So I think there's a lot to fix there. But I think with a really solid quarterback like Aaron Rodgers on a team like Carolina, who also reminds you was 3-0. and now, I think that they've gotten into a downward spiral a little bit, but throw him there and throw in a couple extra pieces. And you're talking about a very, very winnable division, especially if Tom Brady doesn't come back to Tampa, which we don't know. There's a lot of unknowns when it comes to Tom Brady. But yeah. if he's not there, then who's the best quarterback in that division? I guess it's Matt Ryan, but like he's maybe. So yeah. I, I, I like Aaron Rodgers' path to the playoffs with Carolina. And at that age, you might be looking for an easy path to the playoffs. Yeah, that's an under the radar one. I, I've never, I hadn't really thought about that. They, I, and I think because you're right, they do have pieces there. Obviously, you need McCaffrey to be healthy, but they do have weapons on offense. The defense has actually been like decent this year. They've got some young talent on defense. The one issue I have with it, and I think that Aaron Rodgers would probably have with it, is they just don't have the track record. Like you're talking about a team that's going to win what, like six games this year or something mm-hmm. like that? Like they're mm-hmm. going to be drafting high in the draft. So I I think maybe if this is five years ago, he might be more receptive to it. It's But the fact that he is going to be 39 years old, like he needs to go somewhere that they're going to win. Like he's going to be confident that they can win right off the bat. Could it be Carolina? It could, but I think there are more questions there. Take us to contestant number two, Bobby. Standing behind curtain number two, who, which quarterback do we have? Jared, we have a quarterback who we've spoken about a lot earlier in the season, but it's been quite a, kind of quiet recently. One okay. Seattle's own Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson is a hot commodity. He's got a great job. He comes from a great family. He's definitely a good match for anybody that would be with yep. him. Yep. I propose, and I use the word propose very heavily here. I like it. 
I propose that Russell Wilson be matched up in the Mile High City of Denver. Okay, okay, I like it. I think there is a lot to like about Denver, no matter what. There's been a lot of talk of them replacing their quarterback anyway. I don't think anybody thinks that Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater or whoever you want to put there is the guy in Denver. They have on the outside, you got guys like Cortland Sutton, who's great. Jerry Judy, who's great. Their running game of the double-headed monster of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams has been better than I think most people would have expected coming into the year. Obviously, yep. Noah Fant. So the offensive weapons are there. And it's not to say he doesn't have them in Seattle, right? Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, those are some pretty darn good players. So I think that's attractive to him to like go from one good offense to another that I think he would fit in pretty well. But I think it's also really attractive that you have a defense like Denver's that is really what's been keeping them in, right? Let's not forget, they traded Von Miller and are winning. Yeah, that's really hard to do. Now, I think the trade of Von Miller in a tough division. Absolutely. You're talking about literally a division with Kansas City, with Vegas, with the Chargers. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a lot. I think trading Von Miller is a little bit of a detraction. I would have been even higher on this had they kept him. But I think that if they can land Russell Wilson and go out and draft a really solid, you know, defensive end that they can have under team control for a while, it's a pretty lucrative spot for him. And Bobby, I'll add this to the case. We've seen this before. We've seen a older veteran quarterback who has accomplished a lot, a Super Bowl champ, go to Denver towards the end of his career and have great success, win a Super Bowl, and go to multiple Super Bowls. And that was, of course, Peyton Manning not that long ago. Mm -hmm. So this franchise mm -hmm. has a history of doing this. Like we just saw them do it within essentially the last decade. But let me ask you, let me ask you this, Bobby. I'm going to bring up a team that we talked about at the beginning of the show, because there's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk, at least here in New York, about the possibility of Russell Wilson going to the Giants. So if Russell Wilson came to you and said, Bobby, I know the Broncos are interested in me. I'm, 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 I'm thinking about swiping right on it. it. It seems like a good opportunity. It had, they have all the right things, but New York, there's like the big lights in New York. If I win in New York, I go down as like an immortal what would you say to Russell Wilson if he asked you your opinion on if he should go to the Giants? If you win in New York, you go down as an immortal. And Jared, if I win the lottery tomorrow, my life changes too. It's the <laughs> same odds. Like there's just, there's so many problems in that organization. And believe me, coming from a guy who knows how many problems there are in his own yeah. organization, it's probably not as bad as Washington, but it's really not good. The, the talent on the Giants we thought would be way better. You're already down on Barkley. I'm not as down, but I definitely don't think he's the guy that should have gone second overall. Galladay has been hurt. That wide receiving yeah. core is not nearly as good as we thought it was. That offensive line, I mean, he's already right now dealing with an offensive line that is Swiss cheese. He'd be dealing with an offensive line that is li literally non-existent. So if he just wants to ruin his entire career, yeah, maybe go to New York. If he wants actually a shot at a championship, go to Denver. How about the other way quickly? If the Giants came to you and said, hey, Russell Wilson's making eyes at us. We're thinking about it. He's enticing us. We have these two first round picks. Should we do it? Should we give up assets to trade for Russell Wilson? What would you say? I think you do it. And then I think you go get Devontae Adams. I think that's mm -hmm. what you do. I think that's what you wind up doing. And you're like, listen, we're all in on you. 
here's you. Here's the best wide receiver in the game that we've thrown all this money at. Go make it happen. I don't know what that means for the offensive line, but at least you're going to yeah. have an attractive feature for, for, for Wilson to come here. Speaking of attractive, Bobby, let's get to candidate number three. He may not be the biggest name on this list. He may not be the most accomplished quarterback on this list, but many people would say he's the most attractive quarterback on this list. And that is Jimmy Garoppolo, Bobby, Jimmy G his days in San Francisco have been numbered from the day that they drafted Trey Lance in the first round last year, not only drafted him, but traded up to get him. We knew that this is at most a one year stopgap thing with Jimmy in San Francisco my instincts tell me he's going to be looking for a new team next year, Bobby. So you just brought this team up. It's a team that's near and dear to your heart. A team that has been looking for a quarterback. No, for no years. No. What do you think? I think it's terrible. Jimmy Garoppolo to your Washington God. football team. Well, let me, let me just make the case. Let me make the case for you before you just puke all over it. Okay. This is a team that, Won the division last year, made the playoffs, seven gave, and nine. gave Tom Brady a scare based on their stout defense. Now, that defense does not look to be as stout after giving up 56 points to the Cowboys yesterday. But we know that there's still talent on the defense, right? Those, those guys are still all good players. And Chase Young will obviously be back next year. Deron Payne, John Allen, those guys can still play, right? They invested all this money. This past year, it wasn't only it was just a few weeks ago that we were saying, wow, this team six and six, maybe they can make some noise. They've done so with Taylor Heineke at quarterback, a guy who look, we like Taylor Heineke. He's done some nice things. He has absolutely carved himself out a career as a backup in the league. There's no question about it, but he is not a starting quarterback. He's not a franchise quarterback. Is Jimmy G a franchise quarterback? No. Is he an upgrade over Taylor Heineke? One hundred percent. Does the Washington football team have a lot of options to choose from? I mean, look, there's not, I mean, they're, I guess they're technically in the running for these other guys, but I wouldn't, wouldn't put them as the front runners, the two, meaning the two we mentioned earlier. It's not a quarterback heavy draft. Even, even if you're telling me they want to draft a quarterback, they're not going to be drafting at the absolute top of the draft, right? Like they're going to be a mid first round pick like they have been for the last few years. So is Jimmy G going to take him to the Super Bowl in the next few years? Probably not. Even though we just saw him take the Niners there not two years ago. But can he make them a legitimate Yeah, what's the end of that sentence? A legitimate contender for the next few years to at least be in the playoffs as a wild card team. I say, why not? Okay, so. <laughs> uh, all right, this is personal now. Um Jimmy I just G. want to remind you before you bring it, and I, I'm cutting you off. But I just want to remind you, you were excited about Ryan Fitzpatrick this year. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy G is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's what I believe. Okay. Oh, oh, Jimmy G. And, and what's the team's record right now that he's, are they in the playoffs or not? The team that he's the quarterback of. Okay. Let's remind ourselves who's on that team. Okay. They have a Bosa over there. They have yeah. a defense. That's phenomenal. Coached by Kyle yeah. Shanahan. They have Greg, Greg Kittle, George Kittle. They have yeah. Debo Samuel, who acts as nine different positions and probably plays quarterback too. <laughs> I could do well on that team as well. So, look, does it make sense for Washington right now? I, I guess, right? So let's, let's say that the projections for the mock draft are exactly as it happens. Yeah. And they go out and get Matt Corral. 
you know, quarterback, I'm in, fine. Probably not going to want to feed him to the Wolves immediately. And you're going to want him to learn from somebody. Jimmy G got playoff experience, knows what it takes to make a run at the championship. Playing under good coaches. He's a veteran, you know, he's been around. So like not a terrible guy. Now you said that he's going to, he's the guy that's going to turn us into a playoff contending team, man. Yep. What have you seen from Jimmy Garoppolo that makes you think he's going to turn us into a playoff contending team? Is teams going to prop? Well, I shouldn't say 100%. They're on their way to having a good chance to make playoffs this year. And like I said, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Okay, this is not it was not like a Trent Dilfer situation where he's an absolute bum and the defense is otherworldly. Yes. Did he have a lot of talent around him? 100%. But he made the Super Bowl and they were very close to winning that Super Bowl. So, you know, like I said, is he, is he a hall of fame quarterback, a pro bowl caliber guy? No. Is he, is it going to be like when the Rams got Matt Stafford last year? Definitely not. But I, I do think he's good enough to be like, to be that kind of Ryan Fitzpatrick like player, even though they're not stylistically similar, but a guy who you can bring in there. And if he's healthy, is he going to have some duds over the course of the year? Of course. He's going to have like three or four of those games where you're like, wow, this guy is absolutely terrible. But over the 16 or 17 games, more often than not, he will play well enough for your team to win. Is he going to win you 11 games by himself? No, you're going to have to put talent around him. But there is talent on that team. McLaurin is really good. Gibson is really good. Like we said, the defense, I know it's been – it's been a struggle this year for the most part. I, I don't think that – I don't see any reason why they can't get it turned around to at least be an above-average defense next year. And Ron Rivera is a good coach. So I, I do think they have the framework around him where if he can stay healthy and they can be competent, which is not an easy thing for that franchise mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. because obviously we know the top of the – you know, the top of the food chain there is – it's not great. Let's just put it like that. But I think – I mean, look, you put Jimmy Garoppolo in that division right now. Is he, I mean, he's better than Daniel Jones, right? Or whoever the Giants quarterback next year, unless it's Russell Wilson, he's probably even better than that guy. Yep. He's not better than Dak. Is he better than Jalen Hurts? I mean, you can make the argument that he is. I certainly don't think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly, you can't say definitively that Hurts is better than him. Look, I'll, I'll give you this. Jimmy Garoppolo reminds me a lot of a former quarterback that also played in San Francisco, Alex Smith, yep. who also transitioned his way to Washington and yeah. led Washington to the playoffs. So, and that was like 70% at most of the Alex Smith, like at his prime in his, I agree. Peak. I agree. So I will give you that out of any team in the NFL, honestly, Washington might be the only spot. I was thinking maybe like new Orleans, potentially okay. if okay. Jameis Winston is not the same guy after his injury, which I mean, it was a bad injury. So who knows how yeah. he comes back, but like, that's a, that's a landing spot for him and has a guy like Alvin Kamara to always dump it off to, but I will give you that. It makes sense as a fan. It would raise my excitement level level, literally none, like not even a little <laughs> bit. I would be upset because I, I would be upset if we didn't draft a quarterback and like, you know what? Yeah. Jimmy G's the guy. He's not the guy, but he does know what it takes to win. 
he would fit a system that wants to run the ball, which is what Washington wants to do, which is what San Francisco wants to do. And so maybe, maybe there's a world where that works out. And so, you know what, man, listen, at this point, can't get any worse than 56 to 14. So I am in. So you're swiping right. I am. I, I am so drunk that I can't tell who I'm swiping, <laughs> but I am definitely swiping right. Well, Bobby, we have done it. We've achieved our goal. We've created three beautiful marriages that I think, I mean, we'll see what happens. Listen, they have to, ultimately these guys have to say yes. These teams have to say yes. I don't see why they wouldn't. And I think this time next year, we'll be clearing space on our mantles for a Super Bowl ring. Jared, good news. I'm not a loser. That is good news. That's good news, right? I'm not a loser trivia this week. This is a big win for me. I went undefeated this week. It's great. (laughs) With that in mind, Jared, you never know what next week's going to bring. Could be more trivia. Could be Michael Jordan. Could be John Daly and his son talking about their golf match, which if you haven't seen the two of them, it is a picture to behold. Come back next week. Yeah, we've got calls out to all of them, so you'll have to come back to find out if any of them are coming on. You're not a loser this week, Bobby. Neither are the people that listen to this podcast because they continue to get great content, and you'll get more of it if you follow us on social media at chatter underscore up. We'll even interact with you personally. Bobby and I would love to converse with you over email, even on this podcast. Let us know if you have got ideas you want to come on to discuss with us or you just want to hear us talk about it. Most importantly, keep listening to Chatter Up. It's a lifelong commitment. Till death do we part. Make sure you come back next week to maintain this relationship. And we'll see you then next week on the next Chatter Up. Chatter Up.